1: Buffalo Wild Wings has specials on food from 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, and great deals on drinks all day. It's the perfect way to offset a long day. Text that hilarious joke about your boss to your boss. What? No, no! Try a $3 Wild Herd by Goose Island. Set your morning alarm for 6 p.m.? That calls for $5 strawberry margaritas.
0: So if you ask your phone why you're still single and... Ha ha ha. Seriously? Head to Buffalo Wild Wings. At participating locations, taxes and fees apply. Dine-in only. Drink responsibly. Offers vary by location. Void where prohibited.
1: Welcome back to the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on Shortwave. Our toll-free number is 1-877-528-8255. Email exxon at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our two websites, www.exxonradio.com and www.exxonTV.com. Before we get to my next guest, David Campione, the top five signs you really need to clean up before the big Super Bowl party. Number one, people keep slipping on pumpkin remnants on the porch. Number two, there's a dust bunny for every song on your iPod. Number three, inside the refrigerator just growled. Number four, not one needle is left on the Christmas tree. And number five, Carrie2004 is written in dust on your coffee table. And for those of you who may have missed this earlier tonight, the top five movies coming out about the presidential campaign. Number one is Throw Obama from the Train. Number two, the McCain Mutiny. Number three, The Hillary Have Eyes. Number four, Mitt Could Happen to You. And number five, the documentary on John Edwards' campaign, Untraceable. Joining me now is David Campione. He grew up in Philadelphia and southern Jersey, also known as the Greater Delaware Valley. He was in the United States Coast Guard from 1965 to 1969, one-year tour in South Vietnam, 1966 to 1967. He received his associate degree from LDS Business College, Salt Lake City, Utah. He is a professional photographer and has been a professional photographer since 1970. He also does commercial and industrial photography, and uh, has been doing freelance stock photography for the past 25 years. David put his father's UFO collection, um, uh, let's see, he put his father's UFO collection he acquired uh, since the 1950s and produced the world's greatest UFO flying saucer video documentary, And he did the narration for it. He received uh, the EBE Award from the the UFO Convention in Las Vegas, Nevada for the best UFO documentary in the world under one hour by a couple or minutes. The award was given under DC Productions. And I've asked uh, David to join us tonight so that he could uh, also try and help us better understand the UFO and the UFO videos and the photography that has been taken of this something in the skies over texas and uh, david how are you young man how are you doing
2: i'm doing great rob how about yourself
1: doing pretty good thanks very much for joining us david i i um, you know i respect your photographic experience and your knowledge and and i'm just wondering david maybe you can answer this why no one yet has taken that smoking gun photo of a ufo I, mean, well, besides I think
2: yourself. I have it on I think I have it on my DVD of course I did not take it but uh, a couple other people have taken it basically mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Paul Villa on the Stevenville um, I was I found out quite a quite a few uh, shots of this possible same craft on the on the YouTube I don't know if you've seen uh, all yes, the ones yet. that are up there mm-hmm. and uh, the one that was near the Arkansas border. Yes, it actually shows that actually shows a, a good craft with uh, with the lights on the bottom of it that this woman took, and uh, she wouldn't give her name out. But uh, that one that one was pretty pretty interesting on the on the, like the oval shape. Um, but at that time of night, it was at, um, it took me a while to locate it, but I they said it was uh, at 6 p.m. Now I don't know what. Uh, how dark it was on January 8th at 6 p.m. in Stephenville, Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, unless somebody had a, uh, a good digital video camera that had uh, a, a wide optic lens, uh, a, a large iris that would open to allow more light come in, that was one of the key, I think, it was the main key on why nobody really recorded that, because I don't even own one of those.
1: David, stand by. We've got to take a two-minute break. David Campione is our special guest. www.spacioussky.com. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? Join me, Tim Bartley, co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn n.net for listeners on both sides of the veil David Campione is our special guest www.spacioussky.com uh, David, uh, before we went to the break, we were talking about uh, this uh, video footage that is on YouTube, and there's quite a bit of video footage of the, uh, the supposed UFO over Stephenville. One of the things that I can't understand, David, and I asked the same question to Kevin Randall earlier this evening, was okay. why would a UFO have navigational lights on it that mimic uh, commercial aircraft?
2: Yeah, one of, one of the things that, that uh, let's see, that I, I forget... Who reported it to my father years ago to reason, or he was it was conveyed to him why they why they do that when they're going at a slow speed within the at within our atmosphere here and uh, around cities and things they want to give the illusion or the look that they are real crafts and nobody flies into them and and they see because all all aircraft do have lights on them yes. they should have lights. And either they're just complying with the regulations. I mean, it would be a heck of a thing to you know, you're flying along and there's this there's this black object or something and wham and you're done. You know, <laughs> so there I believe that they use lights for identification for other craft in the skies.
1: So so, no uh, so after after reviewing the uh, video on the uh, Stevenville UFO, I'm sure you yes. you've read the reports and so on. Do you okay. consider that to be a credible sighting?
2: From everything that I read, I, I actually do. Uh, the only thing is that I, that I couldn't make out, uh, you know, the one, the one that you have on your uh, main web page, mm-hmm. that particular thing. I don't know what that is. But uh, the descriptions from a couple people that, you know, this thing's a mile long and a half a
1: mile wide. That's huge. Now, now the, you see, this is what I can't understand, that if it, the craft is this big, how come only a handful of people saw it? Like the way it's lit up. You know, and and according to some of the witnesses, a mile, a mile and a half long, you know, my God, this thing would stick out like a sore thumb.
2: Yeah, as, as the one guy said, it looked like a Walmart in the sky.
1: You know, Walmart's <laughs> taking delivery to the next uh, step. We don't deliver the product, we deliver the store.
2: Absolutely. Gee, yeah, I don't... Uh, well, what I found, I, I mean, having read quite a bit of the, uh, some of the different people, the one guy... When I when the initial report came out, he had his hunting rifle out with the scope, and I'm thinking, what the heck is he doing hunting at night after I found what time it was? But apparently, that's what he used to observe the craft at mm-hmm. by using the scope. You know, as a I guess he didn't have binoculars, so he used his rifle scope to uh, to view the spacecraft. But then the the uh, major, what's his name, Carl Lewis from this uh 301st fighter wing in uh, Carswell Field at somewhere in Texas. He says, well, you people didn't see that. It was two commercial jets passing by. Well, give me a break, Rob. These things are a few hundred feet off the ground. The commercial jets don't fly that low in, in the remote areas. Mm-hmm. They're 30,000 and above or 40,000 feet. And, um, and, you know, they don't hover it at 300 feet off the ground, or neither do our military jets, unless it's a Harrier that uh, that was playing. But a mile-long Harrier jet? I've never heard of such a
1: thing. But once again, the, the mile-long UFO, the way it was lit up, I, something is wrong with this entire story. Something is wrong. More than a handful of people should have seen this mile-and-a-half-long UFO that was lit up like a Christmas tree.
2: Well, they said thirty. What do I have in here? One of the uh, thirty-eight people. I mean, that's more. That's that's quite a bit of quite a few people <laughs> that that have seen this thing. With the but back to what your original uh, question was mm-hmm. before the break. You would, I, I mean, personally, I would think. I mean, if it was me, I would at least uh, run in the house and, and grab a still camera and start yeah. start photographing. Why, you know, these little cell phones? I have one too with a camera. It'll do a video on it. Uh, you're not going to get good reproduction, but somebody out there has to have a have a decent camera or, or even a halfway decent video camera to record this thing. And one of the problems at nighttime with with cameras. Now, when you're photographing something like this, and if it and these lights now, there's no way of telling how large these lights were on there. The sensors on on these cameras, on these video cameras, or even your uh, even your cell phone cameras, cell phone cameras they record and adjust the exposure for the bright light. So if you have a bright light, that camera is going to record the light, the brightest light, one of the lights, so it will become much clearer and not overexposed where the rest of the object, which would be the craft, would be so dark so you wouldn't really see this thing. Mm-hmm. Then it would take, to get a better photograph, then it would take somebody who knows how to override or over. Bose and forget about the lights and go after the object itself and they would be able to get a clearer picture in the evening. It's not easy to photograph at night, it's very difficult. And you know, unless they have a professional out there doing it, there's we're not gonna see much. And apparently we aren't seeing
1: much. No we're not um so. the 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 D V D that you have yep. that won the awards uh, tell our new audience who uh, we've had several stations who've joined us since you were on with us last, David. Tell them about the uh, the video.
2: Uh, we have, uh, my dad acquired a, a lot of information over 25 years on uh, doing flying saucer research in the uh, Philadelphia, New, southern New Jersey uh, area, which is called the Delaware Valley. And it, it has illustrations of craft who which people had seen over the years in the Philadelphia area, and go into the segments also of some previous uh, uh, magazine uh, photographs from uh, from the 50s and 60s, and then into the color photographs that of a real I mean it's just like daylight like you walk out the door and see your car and take a picture of it of uh, a, a photograph of uh, the uh, one craft that comes from Como Bernice's. It was taken by Mr. Paul Ville outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, it was 160 feet in diameter, and there uh, were nine people in this craft, uh, seven to nine feet tall. I talk about those people in there. And uh, also, at another time, that uh, Mr. Villa took some daylight photos of a small monitoring craft, which is approximately, he said it was 36 inches, not feet, but inches in diameter. And that's an incredible little series, also of, uh, and it's just not one photograph. There's series of color photographs, and also uh, a great uh, photo of uh, uh, of a ship that was in the desert on its uh, on its side, a real flying saucer. That Mr. Villa had said it they released a small monitoring craft, and they the craft went up and carved in the clouds or sculpted in the clouds a uh, Indian. American Native or American Indian laying on his back. You can see the feather, his face, his nose, and you know the clouds dissipate. And he was asked to photograph it at that specific time. And then I go into others, a few other things, and also of a couple craft that I, a uh, large craft that I saw myself out in uh, outside of Las Vegas, Nevada, back in 1988.
1: And, uh, what kind of craft were they, David?
2: Uh, the one that I saw was that I swear I robbed to this day it, it was uh, I thought it was an airplane crash mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it looked like but there weren't any wings on it. And it is a huge tail, no um, no wings coming off the tail, the tail wing, uh, just the t- tail going up. I can't remember which ones come off off of the tail, the low tail wings. There was nothing there. It was just a, like a straight fuselage and it was black and it was sitting. Uh, like in between, in a valley between uh, a mountain range out, outside of Las Vegas. Uh, Las Vegas, as I've been told is what
1: it's called. How, how did you come across it?
2: Uh, we were driving along the highway at a high rate of speed, if I, if I may hope They don't give me a ticket. Of course, it was almost it was 20 years ago. And I looked off to the left, and I uh, for some reason I just saw that I wasn't driving. I was a passenger, and I looked over, and I saw this thing, and I said, Oh, my gosh, it's going to there's a plane crashing over there in the, in the valley to the left and, uh, and and my wife looked over and didn't see anything and so we drove back with this little rental cart and we drove the uh, power line road back to where the mountain range is it was four and a half miles Wow and this thing this thing looked like it was right next to us within maybe uh, 200 yards and we drove all the way back we parked the car we're walking over these uh, hills out in the desert and there's nothing we couldn't see anything and I thought well maybe I'll throw a rocket see if it's sitting there you know my wife says no don't so I didn't throw a rock to see if it was a craft cloaked or something I don't know if it would have made anything or if I would have hit it if uh, I, I don't I don't know how that would work but uh, that was a just a monstrous thing I would say my uh, estimation it probably was... A half a mile long, and I don't know, maybe 300 yards wide or 200 yards wide. And it just looked like a big airplane without wings, just sitting there above the ground. And it was all black. It wasn't silver, it was just black, no markings. But the thing that was really fascinating when we kept on climbing over these hills trying to get to a certain area, mm-hmm. when I got on top of this one hill way off into the distance, which I believe was in a western, western, western area, or yeah, west from where we were, is this huge cliff, sheer cliff, and up in it, it looked like there was a large rectangle cut in this cliff. Now, how far away we were, I don't know, we could have been, I don't know, five miles or ten miles from this particular uh, mountain range, because we couldn't get to it by car, not, at least not with the vehicle that we had, we wouldn't even attempt it. And uh, we don't know whether that craft went into that area, that mountain. I have no idea, and that, which we think was quite a possibility.
1: Like a hangar built into the side of the mountain.
2: A- absolutely, but uh, way up high. Uh, let's say the side of the mountain was, I don't know, five thousand feet, mm-hmm. and this thing was at about three thousand feet out, to, uh, up on the face of the mountain.
1: Fascinating. It
2: was just a sheer wall. It was fascinating. And, Rob, this was even more fascinating
1: when I... Let's hold on to this thought. Let's uh, let's call sure. this a cliffhanger. You and I have to take a news break. Okay. David Campione's our special guest, www.spacioussky.com. David and I will return on the other side of this news break. And some words from our fine sponsors as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, exclusively on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and... Now on shortwave. By the way, the X Zone is now broadcasting in Europe. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. Don't go away. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. David Campione is our special guest, Dexo Nation. And uh, David was um, talking to us before we went to the news break about, um... oh, geez, David, what were we saying?
2: Oh, it was that craft that I saw. out? Yes, 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 yes,
1: yes, that big black craft. Yeah, it looked
2: like a, an airplane, a few slides with just the tail, and uh, and just 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 cool looking, flat black mm-hmm. mat, You know, I mean it's just a neat thing out in that that red desert environment. But what we know, what I noticed is, was before we went to the break, where it was, let's just say roughly three thousand feet up, where that rectangle was on the cliff wall, there were these circles and. How big I have. I had to have been huge because, I, I I mean, I was at least five miles away from
1: Holy this cow.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it took us four and a half miles to drive just to get to the general area where we, I thought we saw this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's vast out there. and uh, But anyway, I looked at these circles, and I'm wondering, what the heck is that stuff also? So for some reason, I turn around and look, which would, I presume would be east. I didn't have a compass with me, so I'm just guesstimating uh, which way I was looking looked seemed like I looked east and way off which Rob it had to be, let's see we were well, four and a half miles from the road and and then there were more hills on the other side, so it might have been a total of ten miles away. There were these huge look like traffic lights. And I'm going, what in the heck is this stuff doing out there? These huge one of them was green. I mean and so I uh, I don't know. I mean it was just the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. That's more bizarre than seeing a UFO. Hmm.
1: Like landing lights on an aircraft carrier.
2: Well, I, I don't know. I've never been on one, so that that's quite possible. But mm-hmm. but from that distance, they looked the um, size of a uh, a basketball. So I don't know how big they were.
1: That's huge. It certainly is. Uh, while you were watching uh, this craft, uh, did you notice any military aircraft in the vicinity?
2: Absolutely nothing. We were, in fact, there wasn't another vehicle back in there. We were, we got concerned because we got, you get so far back. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a Ford, uh, the heck, what Tempo rental car oh driving in these dry, dry riverbeds with the rocks. And I said, well, how am I going to explain this if I get stuck back in? Yeah. There? You know, we're worrying about because they, they have gates up to these power line areas, so you can't go through there. And uh, Fortunately, we didn't run into anything like that. But, Rob, we didn't see another soul or anything out there. Just, but this thing was appeared and disappeared in a matter of uh, moments. It wasn't there a long time. It just gone. And I, I found that amazing.
1: Do you know of any ETs living on this planet?
2: Well, personally, uh, I would probably say yeah. That I, I mean, the, the children that we ran into uh, in a little community in New Jersey back in. In the '60s, uh, where they were, uh, we went and visited. My father had the information uh, that there was half the community was, or 50 percent of the community, were from uh, some other planets, and they were down here working to try to help us advance technolo- in our technology. And uh, we've had, I mean, you know, where do these advancements come from? I mean, you know, we 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 learn, and somehow we get the the information and the knowledge. And sometimes people put that information out there. They have think tanks, and a lot Mm -hmm. of these people probably work in these think tanks so we can progress.
1: Tell us about the children.
2: Well, it was fun. It was very interesting. Uh, Myself, my father, uh, a local, what channel was it, Channel 10 out of Philadelphia anchor, uh, uh, the anchorette, as I call them, and the producer of the uh, TV program, uh, which they did around Philadelphia, the four of us drove to this community in New Jersey, and we drove in through the, went down through the uh, the housing area, and kept on going. The, uh, the road went from blacktop, turned into dirt, mm-hmm. and at the other end, which was really strange to have a convenience store away from the highway and back further in the woods, or, or in the off the main road kind of. And we went in there, and we we grabbed a couple. Uh, soft drinks, and we were just standing there, and then all out out of nowhere, it seemed like 25 children just come running and riding bicycles right up to the store, and they're just milling around and just uh, doing, uh, you know, they grabbed their hands, they're doing playing merry-go-round, just so joyous and happy, and we're going, this is the most strangest thing we've you see with people, and they were were just high, and they they just all nice-looking children. I mean to have 25 come out of nowhere which when we drove through we only saw like two or three children and there are only a couple adults that we saw of course it was um, it was during a work day and it was uh, probably uh, let's say probably about three in the afternoon and most people would have been working this shop owner he didn't say anything of the convenience store he just he just thought I, I mean we never even asked him anything and uh, nothing was recorded. I don't. I don't. We didn't have any cameras with it, any TV cameras with it. But my father gave this reporter, uh, you know, with, you know, said so you can come along. I'll show you where I think and what I was told where these people live at. And it is a is a little community. That's the only place that I know of in New Jersey. If they're still there, I'm sure mm-hmm. somebody's around. But uh, how many, or or you know, maybe they moved on or, or left. Gotten a craft because used to be a hotbed of flying saucer activity, and the place isn't far from Fort Dix, New Jersey, where the big Air Force base is.
1: Where were they from?
2: Uh, no idea. Uh, no idea. We never knew. Never knew. I, I, at least I never did. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever said anything to um, to my father where the people were from. Mm-hmm. They they just came down here to help out.
1: But but how do you know that these children were? From outer space?
2: Well, we don't know. I mean, we <laughs> never did ask yeah. them. But it was just the in a, in, a, in a community that you're you're in, and where supposedly people who are living there are, which was from outer space, on this coming came to this planet, uh, and volunteer themselves, and they created, procreated, and have children. I guess so they could grow up as possibly a learning experience, and also to help out.
1: Tell uh, me, in, in your estimation, how many different visitors from other planets are visiting planet Earth? Uh,
2: probably 150 different different uh, species of uh, or different visitors. Now, I don't say species, because mm-hmm. the only thing I know are humanoid to visit. I don't, I've never, <clears throat> uh, we've never, my father had never received anything that dealt with rept lizards, God knows, snakes, whatever the heck these people come—cockroaches, I don't know. You know, I've, and they're just different people who come and visit from different uh, solar systems and galaxies within our universe.
1: Well, why do they come here?
2: Let's just observe and see how we're doing. Um, our planet, or our, actually our solar system, has been—I um, don't know for fact. Okay, this is mm-hmm. not a fact, but it's all conjecture that. <clears throat> We're here to learn something. We all here we're we're here to be here for whatever's happening with this planet at this time. And a lot of people chose to incarnate if you if you believe that there is a, you have a soul that you incarnated at this time <clears throat> and this planet and this solar system has been moving to as they say the psychics say to a higher vibration. And something is going to happen. Now, what's going to happen? And this is what everybody's coming here to experience in the physical when this whatever happens. And apparently it's going to be fairly, well, what's this, 2008? Supposedly it could have something to do with this 2012 that's coming up now. I That I'd, I'm
0: mm.
2: pure conjecture, Rob, no fact at all in this.
1: What, you know, like, do they pose a threat to us?
2: No, not, not to my knowledge. Um, I've I've heard of uh, we've had reports where people, uh, well, especially down here in Florida, where somebody saw um, a beehive shaped shaped craft, and he took a, a shot at it while he was hunting, and a beam came out and and hit him. <clears throat> to subdue him, didn't kill him, but they were just acting in self defense. Uh, I've I've never seen any aggressive moves. Hmm. We've had. Um, uh, our, some of our military craft have crashed trying to trying to go after these, but you know that's their own, you know it's her fault for doing this. I mean, you're, you're not going to try to catch something that's doing five thousand miles an hour when you have a craft that can do like five hundred miles an hour. It's just not it just doesn't make any sense. And, uh, but like, maybe they just have to make a showing. I don't know.
1: Tell me, do you believe the governments of the world are suppressing the information to the public about UFOs?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely, Rob, and uh, I'm sure we're leading the way here with uh, in this country. Um, and, and of course, there's been many people out there. and I think one of the big persons uh, involved in lawsuits with the uh, with our government for freedom of information, I believe, is Dr. Stephen Greer, has been like a bulldog on him for years, <coughs> and it's been as he's having a hard time at it. And hopefully, it's going to something's going to break. And why they won't release it? And Rob, here we come back to Stevensville, Texas. Mm-hmm. The Air Force says, "Oh, there were jets." No, there was there wasn't anything there. There were commercial aircraft. And then what? Three weeks later, they say, "No, we had fighter jets." Said, well, come on, why not why are these? The guy should be court-martialed for lying. He should they should convene a board and court-martial this major for lying, and anybody else who was involved with them. But who's going to do that now? I, I see that Mufon's down there putting pressure on them, which is which is good. Have you had anybody from Mufon on about this yet, Rob?
1: We invited them to come on, but um, they they decla- they didn't respond to us. And uh, you know, like I'm not the kind of person who'll just sit here and swallow everything they say. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: You know, I don't I I don't have a lot of respect for MUF- Mufon.
2: You know, my my father used to was a member years ago when he, well, when he was alive and uh, I guess in the, what the 50s and 60s and 70s and he got out of it because he he was convinced all they were they were doing was just giving any information for the government they're just like out there you know I mean they'll I'm sure they'll debate it to no end but uh, I'm sure their files are you know accessible to the government who knows who funds them unless uh, it's all you know they do it privately I don't I don't even know anymore I don't I don't follow them or deal with them Yeah But uh, I found it very interesting reading your article about the Stephenville, Texas on your website that you you went after you you requested all these different people to come on and talk and nobody showed up or even emailed you is that that's correct
1: That's right That's right The I only reply listen. I received back was from uh, just let me get the information here was from Angelina Joyner with the, um, with the newspaper, the Stephenville, I believe it's the Empire Tribune. Oh. Now, I had sent them, I had sent her an email. I would sent one to Julie Danley from the Stephenville Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. and over 300 emails to the businesses that were listed in the Chamber of Commerce uh, directory. To uh, you know, tell uh, the the members of the the chamber. I wanted to know how the UFO sighting had affected their business, pro or con, basically. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk to the Chamber of Commerce president about the being thrown into the media spotlight, as well as being catapulted into onto the world map. Right. And I wanted to talk to Angelina jo- uh, Joyner about the people who she interviewed. Uh, and uh, she declined, and never heard back from Mufon. Never heard back from the Chamber of Commerce, or any of the over 300 emails that we sent to the chamber uh, members.
2: Do you, do you think your, your e- the emails coming out of there were intercepted, and there was a block on you that you don't know about, or you just think that they didn't respond? Period. I, I sure think they, they
1: didn't respond. Period, because they don't. They, you know, like. They don't want to be questioned they just want to give their side talk about the UFO and as I said there you know as long as you want to talk about uh, just sit there and say yes and really wow ooh isn't that great and you don't and you don't challenge them
2: right right exactly yeah
1: you know I <laughs> I, I, I just find it ironic and you know if they want to be that way, fine and yeah hey. Everybody has their own cross to bear. Now they've got a UFO on theirs.
2: Yeah, but I. But what I found interesting is the, is the Air Force and why. Of course, they they said, well, we don't investigate them anymore. It's a bunch of crap anyway. You know, I don't. I've never believed that they stopped.
1: Actually, we found out that the uh, that the agenda for investigating UFOs has been given over to the National Security Agency.
2: <laughs> really? <laughs> well, you know, they're the ones with the money with all yep. their black ops.
1: Exactly. They're the ones who do it, geez. All right, stand by, uh, David. You and I are right. to take our final break. David Campione our special guest. www.spacioussky.com. When we come back from the news, uh, from this commercial break, we'll be uh, taking a look at who's going to be on the show with us tomorrow night, and we'll take a look at tonight and uh, finish off this great four hours of sitting here with you, the Exo Nation. Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
0: Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life changing long distance session today. WWW.Soulbalancing.World.
1: And welcome back to the Excellent, everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our guests tonight for joining us and for sharing their time with us here on the X-Zone. On tonight's show, we had Dr. Jason Rand, we had Major Kevin Randall, Ruth Hoskins, and our guest this hour, David Campione, whose website is www.spacioussky.com. On tomorrow night's show, Armando Duke is going to be joining me. He is a journalist. We're going to be talking about UFOs. Steve Hammonds will be joining us, talking about his mission into the light. Superman and I will be doing an hour of open mic in the third hour, and then Cal Core from Cal's Corner will be in the final hour. Friday night, Michelle White Dove will be doing psychic reading. She is a psychic detective. She is also the young lady who won the uh, psychic challenge on TV, and she's been named uh, North America's number one psychic. Tommy Golden will be with us from the Middle Tennessee Ghost Chasers. Elizabeth Joyce doing psychic readings. And then Hal Sisson, he is a Canadian lawyer, will be talking about the 9-11 truth movement. That's still to come this week here on the X-Zone. David, always great talking to you. Uh, what, what could you tell our listening audience in the next minute that would help them take better photographs of UFOs? Um,
2: just keep your camera handy. Uh, use your... Take your ISO to a higher speed and keep it at least 400 or 600 if you can do that. That will allow you to get a, 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 a better shot if it's low-light condition. Mm-hmm. If, if you have the digital single-lens reflex, uh, take it up to 1,600 if you have one of the quality ones and, uh, and just keep looking up.
1: <laughs> I, I, was told, keep, I was told by someone in the news media that uh, if you have a video recorder, to take it off automatic.
2: That I don't know. The only thing about videos, uh, Rob, I've never, I haven't used a video in 40 years, so I uh, cameras, uh, oh. I, 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 I just don't, I've always been still. Uh, one thing, if I can say real sure. quick, um, I photographed the uh, Air Force Thunderbirds. I've had the opportunity, a B-1 bomber, the F-22, the f eighteen. And even and I know what an F-16 looks like. And and this I have an article, a short uh, article that came out of uh, Stephenville, Texas, that the uh, Naval Reserve base said there were 10 F-16 jet fighters doing mission around Stephenville, and uh, and the people said, well, it looks like the jets were chasing the chasing the craft. So somebody's lying down there. <laughs>
1: somebody's lying and somebody has misidentified something that they saw in the sky. That's what I believe.
2: Absolutely. But a mile by mile and a half, I don't know. Uh, Rob, my sure. my video, The World's Greatest UFO Flying Saucer DVD, is available on Amazon.com. by that title.
1: Excellent, my good friend. Again, thank you very much for joining us tonight, David. Always great talking to you, and uh, right. thanks for sharing. God,
2: bl- God bless you and all your family and staff and all our listeners in the Christ light.
1: You take care, pal. Bye-bye now. David Campione, www.spacioussky.com. His video is available at Amazon.com. Well, that's it for tonight, ExoNation. I would like to thank my producer, the one and only Superman, for keeping us up on those three big satellites in the sky, Galaxy 4R, Telstar 7, and Aglia 2. And I've been told that we're going to be on a fourth satellite in the very near future. To my wife and senior producer, the one and only Laura Rogers, thank you, honey. And to Keith Friedman at Consolidated Streaming, thanks, Keith, for keeping our video feeds going. And to you, the Exxon Nation, thank you for allowing us to be part of your day or night, no matter where you are in this great big world of ours, or who knows, in a spaceship over Stevenville somewhere. So until tomorrow night, take care of each other, and always remember to keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light.
0: When you sign up for BP Me Rewards, you can get five cents off every gallon of gas every time at BP or Amoco stations. That means more savings and more whatever you'd like to use your savings on. So treat yourself. It's on us. Visit bp.com save to learn more. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing